that calendar is a sign of her defiance. By some silent understanding reached a long time before she arrived in this house, all tokens of gauche gold palace are forbidden here, so she has made a point of having their calendar on the wall in her room. Beside her, Prio sleeps the sleep of the sinless. His early morning snore has a three-toned sound to it, a snarly growl in the inhalation, then a hissing during part of the exhalation, completed by a final high-pitched insecty whine. She hears the scouring sound of a broom sluicing out with water some drain or courtyard. Someone is cleaning his teeth in the bathroom of a neighbouring house. There is the usual accompaniment of loud hawking, coughing, and a brief, one-note, wretch. A juddering car goes down Basanta Bose Road with the unmistakable sound of every loose vibrating component about to come off. A taxi. A rickshaw cycles by, the driver relentlessly squeezing its bellows horn. Another starts up, as if in response. Soon, an entire fleet of rickshaws rackets past, their continuous horn shredding what little sleepiness remains of the morning. Now she can hear other vehicles, the toot of a scooter horn, the bell of a bicycle. This is how the world begins every day. Noise is the way it signals that it is alive, indomitable. The sparrows send up a chinkless wall of manic cheeping. The doleful remonstrations of the pigeons, shuffling about on windowsills, sometimes tumble over into an aggressive chorus. They have the same merciless presence. The sound of water loops like a liquid thread through the other sounds. Someone is beating their washing against the stone or concrete perimeter around a running tap. The clatter of metal buckets. Uninterrupted cawing of crows. Wrangling stray dogs. A distant conch shell being blown three times in the prayer room of a house nearby. Here, up on the first floor of 22-6 Basanta Bose Road, all sounds converge as in an amphitheatre. Had she, her husband, and their daughter Baishaki lived on the top floor, where her parents-in-law and their favourite son, their eldest, Adinath, and his family have their quarters, it would have been so much less noisy. She knows. And away from the onslaught of mosquitoes, which would never have been able to ascend to the third floor. And, of course, more distant and safer from the troubles in the streets, bombings and murders, the terrifying stuff she hears about that have started erupting in the city. Who can say that their street will not be the scene of such action? From the thought of that one minor instance of preferential treatment of Dada to the real cause of all the rankling is a negligible distance. Dada, her elder brother-in-law, had been groomed to enter the family business, Charu Paper and Sons, Private Limited, from his school days, and had obediently followed the path set out for him by his father, a trajectory as natural as the cycle of seasons. If family stories and reminiscences are to be believed, her husband, Prio, however, had never shown any interest in the business, despite receiving the same training and indoctrination that his older brother had. If this had once caused ructions and displeasure, they're long vanished now, or almost vanished, for it is so obvious and accepted that Adinath is going to inherit the greater share of the family wealth in all its forms. Business, money, house. That it is, like the air one breathes, not noticed, not remarked upon. 
despite the pervasive chatter of how the Gauches have fallen on hard times, how the business has been doing badly for years now, resulting in the selling off of most of their mills, even most of her mother-in-law's jewellery, Purnima has never quite believed these crafty, convoluted North Calcutta people. Well, maybe they don't live there any longer, Purnima concedes, but her parents-in-law were originally from North Calcutta, and these traits are difficult to eradicate, and, she's convinced, even passed down the generations irrespective of location. Everyone knew what a big gap existed between what they said in public and what they did in private. On paper, Priyo appeared to have equal standing with Dada, certainly as far as the burden of work went, but it was Purnima's unshakable belief that Adinath drew a significantly bigger salary than her husband. While she had a fair idea of the amount Priyo brought home, she was still in the dark about her elder brother-in-law's takings.